Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Good morning. Good morning. Cool. Um, so, it's my belief um, that everybody has a favourite season. Um, and I'm certainly no exception to that. Um, I've spent a considerable amount of my time and my money um, avoiding New Zealand winters at all costs. Um, at all costs. My favourite season, if we could have slide number one, please, Jamie, is without a doubt summer. So that's, that's me. Um, that's somewhere in Vietnam, Jamie? Yeah, yeah, that's somewhere in Vietnam. Um, so, yeah, for me, um, summer is, is just is everything I love. It, it, it's bonfires, it's seafood, floral shirts, um, jandals. <laughs> um, everyone just seems happier. It's just it's, it's my jam. That's what, that's what I like. Um, however, um, in my travels, um, my lifelong love of summer did come to a bit of a head um, when we visited Croatia. Um, so at the time, there was a heat wave going through Europe. And uh, we were in the city of Dubrovnik, which you can slide number two, please, Jane. So that's Dubrovnik, that's on one side. Not a very good photo. And the other one, number three. So, yeah, it's hard to see, but pretty summery vibes, eh, from that place. Um, I was, I'd seen all these pictures before I went, so I was, I was super keen to go. Um, it was clear blue skies. Um, we were in the city of Dubrovnik, which is, which is there, um, when we arrived, and it was 45 degrees. Yes. <laughs> um, if anyone has been in 45 degree heat, you know that it's, it's not super enjoyable. Um, I, in fact, I was pretty miserable. Um, I was even struggling to eat. Um, I remember having an amazing seafood pizza in front of me and I just couldn't even, it just wasn't even working. Um, and uh, one night, our bus driver, Potatoes, um, who was Irish, um, so <laughs> that was his nickname, uh, <laughs> it t- took us out to dinner. And, um, and we were in this restaurant, and during it, there was like this freak rain shower. Um, and I remember just, we ran outside, and I remember just, just being like, <laughs> I was just caught in it. I, it was like so refreshing and rejuvenating. Um, I was just like completely recharged. And it was this weird thing for me um, of, of finding like comfort in something that I was actually trying to avoid. Um, and yeah, so that was that was this weird kind of juxtaposition for me. Um, but to be honest, our um, elation did soon turn back to despair um, because when you mix like hundreds of year old sh- steep stone steps, jandals, and rain, uh, doesn't really go that well. <laughs> A few of us were cast down to earth, literally. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, uh, Aaron, sorry, and the panel introduced um, Ecclesiastes uh, last week. Um, and so today we're going to talk about chapter 3. So if I could have the next slide, please, Jamie, um, which is, yeah, verses 1 to 8. Um, so it ran through it um, in that video. Um, yeah, to everything there's a purpose, a time for every purpose under the heaven, to born, die, plant, pluck up, kill, heal, break down, build up, the whole list. Um, so, uh, just as a reminder, like Ecclesiastes is between 
Proverbs and Song of Solomon. Um, so uh, it's commonly referred to one of the wisdom books, and it appears to have been written by King Solomon. A little bit of controversy around that, but seems so to me. Um, so in preparation for this sermon, I, I read through Ecclesiastes, and yeah, that's a good start, eh? Um, and I must say, it was um, it was a it was a pretty hard read. Um, like I, I found it actually quite depressing. Like um, pretty down buzz. I couldn't imagine Solomon just. He, he, I couldn't help but imagine Solomon just in a black turtleneck, chain smoking cigarettes. Um, probably sounded. He probably sounded French. He's just. Yeah, he just would have been a depressing dude to be around in those first couple of. In those first couple of ones. Um, but after speaking with a few of you, um, and uh, and researching online, I came to realise that Ecclesiastes can and has been interpreted many different ways. Um, and for me, this chapter 3, particularly this, this one here and a couple of verses after it, were actually quite encouraging. Um, and I got, I got two things out of it um, that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, so the first thing was when I read through those, that list of seasons, um, I realised that I don't just like to skip seasons of weather, I like to skip my undesired spiritual seasons as well. Uh, <laughs> the seasons of laughing and dancing and peace, they, that sounds great. That sounds great. Um, but the times of weeping and mourning and loss and casting things away and war, um, not keen, not super keen. Um, those are seasons that I'd rather minimise or just, if I can avoid them altogether, then that would, that would work even better. Because um, after all, if I'm being a good Christian, shouldn't God be blessing me and sparing me from the worst of those things? Um, so if I can have the next slide, please. Jamie. Does anyone here watch MasterChef? Anybody? Oh, more than I thought. More than I thought. <laughs> I, I live with Juliet. Um, so naturally, we watch MasterChef. Not much choice in that. And you better not talk during MasterChef either. <laughs> or you'll quickly find yourself in a season of suffering. We don't, we don't, we don't talk during MasterChef. Um, now, on all this MasterChef viewing, I've, I've learnt two things, um, and neither of them is how to cook. The, f- the, first <laughs> the first one is that the most talented and um, successful chefs, uh, they use local in-season ingredients sim- simply sorry, and effectively to make sure that their dishes truly stand out. They celebrate and hero the ingredients, as a MasterChef judge would say. Um, I want to look into that (laughs) a little bit because I think it can relate to our spiritual seasons as well. I believe that God gives us spiritual ingredients as such in each season of life, tasks and opportunities that are unique to that particular season, both in the so-called like joyful seasons and in the seasons of hardship. I think it's the identification and, and the proper use of those opportunities that can lead to a truly consistent and content Christian walk. If I could just go slide six, please, Jamie. Um, the Apostle Paul puts it this way in Philippians 4. He says, now that, uh, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatever state I am, therefore to be content. I know how to be abased, which is another word for humble. I know how to abound, which is another word for be plentiful and prosperous everywhere and in all things, everywhere, and I, all things, I am instructed both to be full and hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, so for me in particular, like when I'm going through 
a tough season, maybe it's a season of loss or spiritual warfare, um, it's sometimes tempting to look over to someone else and, and compare seasons with them, compare opportunities and just get discouraged. Like, um, how many of you have said or prayed things like this? Uh, Lord, I'm really struggling at the moment. If only I had his free time or her money or his talents, then I could really make a difference for you, Lord. Then I could get myself out of the slump and get back on track with you. Um, or once I get through this busy season, then I can truly focus on you, Lord. I ask that you'd help me free up my time and get these things off my plate as soon as possible. Or I don't just feel, I, I feel like there's nothing special that I can do around here, Lord. I, I don't feel called to be a missionary. I can't play a musical instrument or sing. Um, and there's no way I could stand up the front and preach. Once I figure out where I belong, then I can really be of use to you. Um, so we're all blessed with different testimonies. And I, I actually loved last week um, on the panel how Andy, and I don't know if Charlize is here, but Andy and Charlize were open and honest about the fact that they'd seen little suffering or hardship in their lives. And to me, that's a testimony of, of the grace of God just as much as Teresa's testimony is. We all experience different seasons at different times. Um, and I was actually quite comforted when I read through that list, or that, uh, the, the first list, because if, if, if you're like me, I tend to analyze my spiritual walk by what my current, uh, by what my current circumstances are. So I think as a Christian, I, I tempted to view our prosperous times as having something to do with us. Like, surely it's my obedience and my faithfulness to God that's brought all these blessings upon me. That's why I'm in such a prosperous season. Uh, or... Uh, or in our own, or in viewing our own, or even others' times of struggle as something we must have done wrong. Like, well, if only I'd come to the Thursday night Bible study, I wouldn't be going through this mess. It would all be good. Um, but we're not in a position to determine that. If I could have slide seven, please, Jamie. Chapter three, verse seven is: uh, He has made everything beautiful in His time, and He has. Set the world, um, now other versions say hidden time, so eternity, in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. So do we just kind of say, oh, we'll just kind of screw it then, nothing really matters, it's just all pointless? Um, no, we, we shouldn't be following biblical um, commandments and principles just for our own benefit. Uh, we should be following them because at the end of the day, we know it's the right thing to do. It's, it's pleasing to God, and it brings glory to his name and expands his kingdom. So if we happen to get some, some comfort out of that, out of that obedience to him, then that's a gift of his grace, not because anything we've done. Um, so, yeah, I think we also need to pay attention to what's happening around us, like how, going back to the, the chefs and the in-season thing, the local spiritual ingredients on hand. Um, it's, it's glamorous and exciting to dream about going to help orphan babies in Africa. Um, and don't get me wrong, some people are called to do that. But I, I don't think we should automatically choose that over saying hi to the grump at work that no one likes or, or giving a hand or agreeing to give someone a lift to Bible study every week even though it cuts into our favourite TV show, which appears to be MasterChef around here. <laughs> um, in God's timing, even the things we dislike can become a pleasure. Um, so one of my favourite challenges in MasterChef is when they get the contestants to cook with ingredients that they hate or so they think hate using. Um, I really enjoy pe seeing people think outside of the box 
and surprise themselves, and I believe that the Lord's exactly the same. Um, he's constantly testing us and encouraging us to grow. Seasons of pain, loss, and suffering can lead to bitterness and hatred if it causes us to grumble and rebel against God. But if we embrace these seasons as part of the divine will of God, it can create in us a character that is noble, beautiful, and gracious. I personally think that how we deal with difficult seasons speaks volume to the rest of the world. Um, you know, it's this great lie that becoming a Christian means you're going to be happy all the time and laughing that everything's going to go great for you. Um, the world can see right through that. And, and I believe what the world really wants from the church is, is, you know, is real emotion, real conviction, and real sacrifice. Um, so I've been working in construction for quite a few years, um, as many of you guys know, but during the last couple of years, um, I was really beginning to, to struggle and lose interest. Um, my work was beginning to suffer quite a bit. Um, I was feeling quite lost, um, like a change of season was way past due. Um, construction tends to breed this kind of work hard, play hard kind of person. Um, and with my role in finance, with my role in the finance and planning side, obviously, <laughs> of construction, <laughs> um, I was beginning to feel like I was um, expected to put the interest of the company above the interest of anybody else. Um, even if that wasn't the kind of fairest resolve. Um, also just felt like I never really belonged. Um, all my workmates, all they seemed to care about was rugby and fishing and telling dirty stories. Um, <laughs> totally, that's, that's pretty much what it is. Um, and I remember telling God multiple times, um, there's no point me being here. Um, no one cares about spiritual things. They don't care about you. Um, so after visiting the CAP head office last year, um, I convinced myself that this is the kind of place where I needed to work. Um, this was the place where I belonged. This is where the Lord was going to truly use me. I'm going to move into this amazing season. Um, I had it set in my heart that CAP Ministries were what I was going to do full time. So I prayed about it and prayed about it and prayed about it. And I kept on getting the same answer. Stay where you are, knuckle down, work hard. Um, so being a good, uh, faithful Christian who believes in the power of prayer, I prayed harder for God to change his mind. That's how it works. <laughs> um, it didn't work, obviously. Same response. Same response. So in the end, I thought I'll just... Uh, well, in the end, I decided to stay where I was and tried to put in a wholehearted effort. Um, I set myself targets. I tried to speak encouraging words about the company rather than complain. I tried to be still fair in all, the, in all my dealings, and I tried to consistently pray for the people around me. Um, and hey, look, I wasn't completely consistent at all, but I, but I was trying. And then something started to happen. People at work started to confide in me, like, about everything. Um, they started talking about their fears and their doubts. They even opened up to me about previous religious experiences. Um, I was now getting the chance to speak scripture into their lives, and they actually appeared interested. And when I look back, I realized that the Lord hadn't just left me to it. It wasn't like I was trying to find my way to him and, and this perfect season in him. He was there all along. He, he was, yeah, my cap training and the, and the dealings with the release group combined with my experience of people in the construction industry prepared me for having these conversations, um, for building these relationships. The, those ingredients were already, all, they were always there. Um, I just needed to embrace them. Um, and it culminated with me asking if I could pray before we ate at a group lunch. This is actually quite recently. And man, nothing got my heart racing quite like that. 
Because, um, yeah, afterwards, everyone knows I'm a Christian, but yeah, afterwards, I just felt elated. And maybe it was a small thing, but I felt like if I could witness there, then maybe I could witness other places too. You know, like the possibilities seemed endless in that moment. Um, so I said I learned two things from Master Chef. This is the second thing. Um, while good chefs need to be able to think on their feet and move quickly, they also need patience. Everything's a process. Dough needs to rise. Meat needs to rest. Things need to simmer. Time develops depth of flavor. <laughs> a lot of Master Chef lessons in here. <laughs> um, when, when God gave Joseph a dream that he was going to rule over not just his, his older brothers, but his mother and father as well, I bet you that was a pretty attractive prospect to the baby of the family. Um, I wonder if it would have been as attractive as, as attractive if he knew he was first going to spend the better part of 10 years as a slave and then at least two years in prison before this dream was to become a reality. Moses, after that, then spent 40 years in exile tending sheep before he was called to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Um, but in saying that, um, when seasons change, they can change quick. And we should be expectant of these changes. Um, just as Joseph stored corn in the plentiful seasons of harvest in preparation for the times of famine, so we should make, time, uh, we should make the most of times of prosperity in preparation for times of need. Um, if I could have slide eight. Eight, please, Matthew. Uh, um, Jamie? <laughs> this is from Matthew Henry, who's a, who's a commentary I like to read. Um, we should be easy and enjoy the good of our labor um, in a humble dependence upon God and his, his providence, his provision. Um, neither lifted up in hope nor cast down in fears, but with evenness of mind expecting every event. Um, so as a side note, it was those times of famine that reunited Joseph with his family and led to his dreams becoming a reality. God actually used that season of famine to keep his promise to Abraham and preserve his, de uh, his descendants. So uh, the next slide, please, Jamie, slide nine. In Genesis 45, 5, Joseph says to his family, Now therefore be not grieved or sad nor angry with yourselves that you sold me, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Um, we're not in charge of the seasons, but we oversee how we respond to them. Um, so when we, we look at the life of Jesus, um, we see that he also experienced many seasons. Um, from a long season of waiting for his ministry to begin to a season of trials and temptations in the desert, um, seasons where many people were following him, and seasons where pretty much everyone but the core disciples departed from him. Um, it all, of course, came to a head in a season of suffering, agony, and disconnection from God the Father, and ultimately death. Um, next slide, slide 10, please, Jamie. Um, Matthew 26, 36 reads, Then cometh Jesus with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be very sorrowful and very heavy. And then he said unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Uh, tarry or stay, stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, O oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Uh, nevertheless, nevertheless, not as I will, but you will. Um, 
So just as a si- another side note, prayer is never out of season. Um, but it's especially seasonable in times of agony and sorrow. Um, so throughout all his allotted seasons, Jesus remained faithful and obedient to God the Father's will. Faithful to the cause, faithful to the timing, and thank goodness that he did. Um, just like the prosperous times can produce sorrow and just like the prosperous times can produce sorrow and times of pain can produce joy through the suffering of Jesus Christ we were freed from the sufferings of sin through his death we were given life Um, so Ecclesiastes spoke to me mainly about seasons but also about one other thing too and I'm going to finish with this the shortness of time Um, a couple of weeks ago someone greeted me and they said and they said to me, "This is that this is the last time I'm going to see them." And I said, "Why? Um, are you moving overseas?" Um, no, they said, "The Lord is coming this week. We're going to heaven." Now I can't remember what, exactly what I said in response, but it was something like, "Oh, cool. that's great news," or "That certainly is interesting." But <laughs> in my head, in my head, I'll be honest, I was rolling my eyes. Um, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've heard it all before. Um, And since I'm so gracious and loving, (laughs) I won't even mention it the next time that I see you. I'll just pretend it didn't happen, that you didn't say that. But I felt an immediate conviction from the Lord, I'll be honest. I felt him say, okay, well, if I do come this week, what am I going to find you doing? Um, And now, yeah. Now, I'll admit, even though I do find it interesting, I I haven't put a whole lot of time into researching or thinking about end-time events or prophecy, but I felt to say this this morning, um, that for those who are interested in it, um, to be encouraged, um, because it is important, and it needs to be considered, and, and as a church, we need to constantly, most importantly, out of all that, be reminded that the Lord is coming back. Um, in fact, and I'm, this is an open invitation to all you guys, any time you see me, I invite you to do just that. Remind me. Just remind me, because I need it. Um, I'm way too complacent about time, and um, I acknowledge, yes, it's all a balance. We need to rest. You know, the Lord gave us the Sabbath. But again, I say, Jesus died for our sins on the cross, and he is coming back soon. Jesus is the answer to King Solomon's questions and, and musings in the later verses of, of chapter 3. Solomon's struggling with, with justice and, and man's kind of mortality. And, and Jesus will judge the righteous and the wicked. Jesus will bring true justice. Um, through Jesus, we're not just beasts fit for destruction. We're heirs to the kingdom of God. Um, and Elliot... And Marshall brought this to my attention last week. Um, we've got a massive, mass, massive advantage over one of the richest, wisest, and most successful men in history. We know Jesus. I've got no doubt that Solomon was aware of the eternal nature of God, and maybe he did believe in, a, in an eternal resurrection for man, but I don't believe he had anything concrete to base that on. Um, and he certainly had no guarantee of an eternal relationship with God, but, our, but because of our relationship with Jesus, we have a hope of life after death. Um, now, yeah, I don't really, as much as I like them, I don't really have a kind of to-do list for you today. 
no real no seven greatest ways to maximize your season um <laughs> i didn't i didn't really feel like it was necessary for this topic um i just in my preparation time i i i felt like the lord meant this sermon to be an encouragement for for especially difficult seasons um and just a reminder that one day all the seasons under the sun and using solomon's language are going to come to an end um so yeah, I believe the Ecclesiastes is this. It's actually quite a fascinating book, and it's complex, and it requires personal reflection. Um, so before we pray, I just want to put a poem, read a poem that Jeremy put me onto. Um, I don't know if I've got it in any other slides. I don't think so. It's by Robert Browning Hamilton. It goes like this: I walked a mile with pleasure. She chatted all the way, but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow, and never a word she said, but oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you're Lord over all the seasons, um, and that your timing is perfect, and your intentions for us are nothing but goodness, hope, and heartfelt peace, even in the toughest of seasons. I pray that you continue to guide and watch over us in the coming weeks, and that you give us all a fresh perspective of our circumstances and just how close you are in them. Come again soon, Lord Jesus. It's in your holy and precious name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.